Hello, I'm Jonathan Mast, and welcome to this edition of the Sedgwick Virtual Rims Week podcast. And my guests on this edition are Danny Miller, Executive Vice President, Loss Adjustments, Property and Specialty Services, and John Gregson, Senior Vice President, Catastrophe Operations. Uh, great to have both you gentlemen with me today. How are y'all doing? Good, Jonathan. Thank you. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks. Well, we are we're talking about a, a really complex, in some ways, topic uh, that, on this show, and, and that's what happens when there's a catastrophe within a catastrophe, and storm preparation and COVID amidst the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And so, you know, I think uh, first off, if uh, whichever one of you want to just kind of address at a high level, what exactly are we? talking about and looking at, uh, you know, we know hurricane season's coming up, we're in the midst of uh, tornado season, so, you know, what, with tornadoes already going, are we already facing some challenges with social distancing? Uh, just some, some background from one or both of you. John, you want to kick us off? Sure. Well, of, of course, there's, we've been sheltering in place since mid-March, for the most part, uh, We are deemed essential services in most jurisdictions across the country, and we certainly do have uh, instances where we need to personally visit with our customers of of our clients and provide them the service that they've come to expect and, and frankly, that they need, particularly in some of the more severe cases. Uh, We have adopted to uh, the changing times with uh, somewhat some some innovative technologies that have kind of been on the shelf here recently. We've engaged in that, and we've done a lot of work around uh, taking care of our uh, field staff and resources that have to interact with folks out in the general public through uh, enhanced and, and availability of PPE, um, and, and those types of things have been going on as we speak. Jonathan, just just to touch on a couple of those points that John indicated that, uh, you know, in a lot of the stay-at-home and emergency orders that, uh, you know, our businesses defined as essential services, um, you know, cat planning uh, starts way before cat season. We've been doing this for a number of years. And, uh, you know, as COVID-19 fell upon us about five to six weeks ago and, you know, kind of changed the way that we moved and and operated, um, you know, we've certainly taken that into consideration, and uh, it has impacted our responses to some events that have occurred in the southeast and the Midwest, but it's, impo- it's impacted them as positively as negatively as well because a lot of the accounts that we're assigned to are, you know, state uh, resource platforms, uh, government platforms, municipalities, and those relationships, as well as uh, a lot of the relationships that we have with our risk managers through business continuity plans has uh, provided us the opportunity to be innovative and uh, use our skills, you know, as well as our experience to continue to adjust claims and get to the right result for uh, clients and policyholders. When we're looking at how the uh, coronavirus uh, impacts going in, uh, disaster recovery, making it, 
I'm certain much more difficult and challenging. What are two or three key aspects that that you know people would need to look at and think about as as you get ready to go into a disaster area? What what is impacting that, and how how are you adapting to it? Well, Jonathan, I'll take that. Uh, you know, since we founded a task force, a global task force, uh, a couple of weeks before really the stay-at-home orders and um, you know, some of the county and state orders were impacted, you know, when this thing started taking some traction in Europe and in China, you know, I felt like we were a little bit of ahead of the curve. You know, we had protocol in place. We developed a site inspection form to where before we went out on a lost site, we qualified a site as being as COVID-free as we could or potentially proceed with caution or don't proceed based on some questions and some protocol that we developed. Using our resources within Sedgwick, such as procurement, um, we were able to, able to develop uh, some PPE supplies and some backlog fairly early to help protect our staff and policyholders that might be in need when we got to a uh, lost location. And then we also were dependent upon developing some protocol through our medical assistants, our nurses and our doctors that are on staff that, you know, really helped us understand the spread of the virus, the impacts of social distancing, the cleanliness processes, and all that was implemented uh, before we deployed anyone to the field. Does it... Can you can you speak to you know when you're actually on site uh, and as you look toward this as we go through the rest of the year and maybe even larger scale uh, if we hope not but if a hurricane should hit somewhere in the uh, U.S. how is that going to, how will that work as far as being on site interacting with homeowners or business owners do you foresee that being uh, a challenge that that we can overcome? I, this is John. I, I absolutely believe that we'll overcome it. It will certainly be a challenge uh, with this with this unique uh, aspect of of the national uh, pandemic. Now, they're always a challenge, uh, frankly, uh, particularly in a hurricane. We will uh, find ourselves. I think. I really think communication and and empathy is going to be absolutely paramount, more perhaps than before, because of this unknown situation that that the customer base or the insured is going to be uh, themselves dealing with. Uh, you know, a, a stranger is coming into their into their environment, so uh, the the personal interaction is going to be key. In, in my view, uh, to aid us in in navigating the the specifics by by location, right? Because it it, it will vary from uh, geography to geography. Some areas are going to have been uh, more affected by this than others. Uh, the the concerns uh, in the community will be different in some, and we will have to be flexible and adaptable to the to those types of uh, variables, which frankly are, are, we try and specialize in that, in CAT particularly, because you just never quite know what you're going to find uh, when, a, when a hurricane, for example, comes through. No, I absolutely agree. I, I know that, that we'll 
we have great resources and great colleagues, and, and definitely one of the top things we do is, I think, operate with well, caring counts and compassion. Let's look at what happens after the storm and whether that's going to be a tornado that's recently happened, flooding that's also going on, or again, a larger scale uh, cat uh, hurricane. Uh, what does cleanup look like? And if we have to factor in, again, COVID-19 constraints, uh, how, do you, how do you see that playing out? I guess, John, I, I believe that local municipalities will be ever more present in major catastrophes. Uh, local law enforcement, state, uh, county, and as, a, as I said, municipal uh, law enforcement officials, health officials are going to probably, my, my expectation is that they will be broadcasting guidance um, along with professional support from demolition and, and those types of things. Uh, many coastal communities already have pretty active uh, continuity plans or emergency preparedness plans. I, I do expect that there will be a more uh, intense awareness on their part to, to provide guidance to the insurance industry because we are, we are an important part of the overall recovery of communities when these kinds of things happen. Um, and and we, we defer, even, even without COVID, we, we defer to local jurisdictions, but I do believe that there will be more intense communication or understanding between those entities and we as the insurance profession coming in to provide guidance and, and resolution to matters uh, pertaining to coverage. Jonathan, what we've seen so far you know, through the tornado season is you know, a lot of our clients are essential services. I mean, they are the state governments. And, you know, to John's point, um, you know, they're working in tandem with, uh, you know, the, the governmental medical facilities and oversight, and there's some protocol in place generally before we arrive. Uh, the, the states, the governments are doing a nice job of posting the orders. Um, while they're not all clear, they're pretty easy to follow in terms of do, do and don'ts, in terms of socializing. And uh, again, there is support, there is coordination amongst the government indus industries and the folks going in to adjust losses. Maybe if one of you could speak to uh, those listening, as, and I think what an image that pops in everyone's mind as we think about after major catastrophes, large centers with hundreds of cots and people huddled together as a storm rages or as people look to find new homes. And what what advice and guidance uh, should should people seek there? If one, if they're forced into that, obviously protection, and two, to public entities and those that you'll work with to try to protect those who might have to seek shelter as a matter of just immediate you know, fleeing from harm of a major storm. That's a uh, that's a great question. You know, especially uh, you know we're looking now at you know Georgia and some other areas have. Listed the stay-at-home orders. Uh, Texas and some other states follow uh, May 1st. And, you know, when you look at the protocol that's in place right now, you know, restaurants, malls, other areas that are, that are open are supposed to be at 25% capacity. Um, you know, and you bring up a great point in terms of uh, shelters and evacuation centers. 
there's no doubt that there will be some level of social isolation. Um, you may need more than what we've historically had in the past. Uh, their contingency planning is going to be even more important in terms of pre-storm preparation. You know, when you look at the strain that COVID-19 had on hospitals, nursing homes, senior living areas, you know, that at-risk age demographic, it's going to be vitally more important in terms of having specific evacuation routes and areas to go to and getting people out earlier than we have in the past. Um, just a few thoughts on that. John, anything to add? Yeah, those those uh, evac centers are, are critical, particularly in the southeast, as uh, all of us here in this country have, have witnessed over the years. The, the challenges are going to be borne primarily by the states that provide those. Um, we will, I, I would envision that they're going to have to expand them. Um, some of the challenges that Danny brought up that aren't specific to the to the, uh, uh, the evacuation centers, but will be something to consider are if, if service facilities such as food, restaurants, et cetera, that will create uh, uh, also an increased strain locally and could, could in some instances locally uh, create challenges for displaced people. Uh, if the capacity of a restaurant is 25%, but uh, 100% of some neighborhood has had to evacuate, and those challenges will be compounded. Uh, the, the states, though, I think uh, will factor all of this in and will be uh, abundantly prepared to deal with this. We, of course, will be there to, to help them uh, resolve the consequences of such a thing if it, in fact, does come to their communities. As we again look toward toward the upcoming storm seasons of all kinds, what should we all be doing uh, in our homes, uh, preparing on top of the other stress that we have on us with the the pandemic? How can we, I don't know, minimize what we've already got? There's already short supplies, but what are two or three tips that you would give to to those? I think. Uh, I think. I think you answered your own question. Uh, I would challenge you to uh, get in front of this, and you know we're approaching hurricane season uh, rather quickly, and I would start preparing now. You know, as you indicated, uh, you know we've got challenges right now. There was a unique run on toilet paper and paper supplies. Uh, probably be another unique run on toilet paper and paper supplies. We're seeing uh, discussions over maybe a failure in our uh, food chain and food supply that's being addressed and worked on right now. So I'd probably go back to your days in the Boy Scouts and be prepared. Um, don't wait until late June, July. I would begin to, uh, as you shop and as you get out and, you know, you've got the ability to get the toiletries and essentials, I would I would get them um, to take care of you and your family. You know, I'd look at uh, masks. I'd look at some form of a, a homemade mask if you can't get your hands on appropriate PPE. Uh, I would just uh, take the initiative and begin to prepare now and put your general list together, but also uh, look at what you need, look what your family needs are, batteries, uh, you know, anything you think that uh, you're going to need to survive uh, the impact of a hurricane. Yeah, I, I would echo what, what Danny said, what 
normally folks in in the paths of hurricanes in the U.S. would uh, lock down their, their re-preparation, so to speak. I'd start that early. Um, you know, the official uh, hurricane season starts June 1st. Of course, uh, stranger things have happened where something would spin in, in May, but in all probability, they really start to spin in July and August and then certainly into September. But you need to be ready well before then. Um, considering all the things that he pointed out uh, and, and maintaining active uh, engagement in what the, the local health uh, services in your individual communities is, is reporting. Um, also, refer to the CDC and other uh, governmental uh, entities that provide us guidance specifically to not just COVID, but perhaps uh, uh, hurricane preparedness. So as we close up, one, one last question. What, in general, should businesses be preparing for as we look to go back to business and reopen? So, Jonathan, it's a tough question, but a good question. And I think that each industry and each industry segment needs to proceed its own merits coordinated with their business continuity plans as well as any uh, orders that might be in place with some guidance. But, uh, you know, obviously perform site safety inspections prior to reopening to ensure buildings are set up properly and equipment is in good working order and in good repair. Develop business-specific cleaning and disinfection protocols through environmental professionals, restoration professionals, or, you know, folks that they've had a long-term relationship with and also, you know, manage your, your normal cleaning protocol and maybe step that up a little bit. Clean buildings and contents in accordance with CDC guidelines. Complete work site ergonomic evaluations for preventive care and virtual ergonomic inspections for work for home employees. You know, walk through the physical and administrative controls necessary to get back to business. Um, you know, again, I would defer to WHO, CDC guidelines, governmental orders, uh, any subject matter experts that businesses may have on staff or folks offering services to provide guidance to return to work. Well, that's solid pieces of advice. And as we wrap up, uh, John and Danny, we appreciate your time. We know you, your teams are working hard and preparing for the rest of the year. All right. Thank you again, Danny and John, and uh, remind everybody to continue to look around the Sedgwick Virtual Rims uh, resource page and tune in to our other sessions, Wellness Center, Podcast, uh, Therapy Animals, and uh, we wish everybody a good day. <laughs>